The inheritors of the earth are going to be rats and insects. The small dark American paused for a sip of water. The consensus of opinion is amazing, truly amazing, he confided. Long-range projection studies of prestigious scientific institutes, economists, politicians when they're telling the truth, but they're saying nothing new. The mystics have been prophesying it for centuries. From St. John to Nostradamus, the Vedas to Old Mother Shipton. The cross-cultural spread of Vartic warning. Wow, I mean the mind, the human mind, like yours and mine. It's phenomenal. It knows but knows not how. Our psychic antennae are sniffing out the approach of evil, the great beast. William Dougal noticed that several of the audience were peering in handbags, clearing their throats and glancing at their neighbours. The majority of them had come to hear about physical pollution. Moral pollution accompanied by St. John and psychic antennae embarrassed them. The great beast, Dougal thought idly, would not be a bad name for James Hanbury. In which case, the great beast wasn't merely expected, he was late. Dougal sneaked a glance at his watch. Twenty minutes late. The wooden chair beneath him was rubbing against the sunburned patch on the back of his left thigh. He could think of better things to do with a sultry August evening than spend it in a long, low lecture hall with too many people and too little ventilation. The American began to soothe his listeners with facts. He must have sensed that he was making them uneasy. He talked of a nuclear power station which was leaking radioactivity. He quoted figures which showed how agricultural technology was destroying the land it used. Hysteria flicked into his voice when he dealt with the altering composition of the atmosphere and the prodigal depletion of energy resources. He criticised the apathy which politicians showed towards anything which had no direct relevance to the next election. The clapping of the audience forced the lecturer to return to his glass of water. Dougal decided to give Hanbury ten more minutes. Perhaps he wouldn't come at all. It was necessary to examine all possibilities where Hanbury was concerned. You could take nothing on trust. Dougal looked at his insurance policy beside him. Malcolm's arms were crossed, his eyes were closed, and his massive knees nudged the back of the seat in front of him. It was extremely reassuring that Hanbury couldn't know that Malcolm was here. Malcolm had a great barrel of a body, hard and muscular. His head, by contrast, was small, with delicate features and a reddish sheen to his close-cropped hair, which Dougal uncharitably ascribed to Henna.